continuation. Uh, Romans 8, I'm starting with verse 18. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So some versions, I think the King James, um, it says, I reckon, and the New King James, I believe, I reckon that the suffering of this present time, reckoning is an accounting term. There were people, there's a, a, when I was growing up, when I was a kid in, in, in England, people would say, oh, you know, one day there's going to be a reckoning. One day there's going to be a reckoning. It's an accounting term. There's going to be being a reckoning. There's going to be a reconciliation. There's, there's, the, the books are going to be made right, right? Um, and so I, can, I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So what Paul is doing is you know, we, see, we see the hands of justice. Right, we we see the scales. We've all seen, you know, Lady Justice. Paul is kind of, he's, he's almost doing that. He's almost balancing the scales. So, you've got suffering here. You've got the glory here, right? You've got the suffering. You've got the suffering here. You've got the glory here, right? The glory. The, the suffering is so minute compared to the weighty glory that is one day going to be revealed. That's what Paul is saying is adding up is reckoning, right? See, this world, if you reckon against this world, what you're going through now against what you're going to get in this world, well, yeah, you will be depressed. The way to think better is to have this eternal mindset where you're looking at the suffering right here as so light compared to the glory. The suffering compared to the glory is almost like a spoonful of water compared to the Atlantic Ocean. Right, it's that you might you can't even compare it, and that's what Paul says. It's not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Once again, Pac-Man, right? The Pac-Man gobbles up, eclipses all of the pain you're going through with the glory that is going to be revealed. You know, one of the things that gets people depressed is when you feel you're jammed up, when you feel you are jammed up, everybody's heard of that statement, between a rock and a hard place. That is depression, really. That's what this world, when you're thinking through the lenses of this world, you are between a rock and a hard place. This is why scripture says, Keep seeking those things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, right? Keep seeking those things above because the above 
eclipses what's below. And as Owen and Sandy were actually just saying, politics is keep seeking the things below, really. So it's to keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then look what it says, for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the crazy itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know, you people hear me talk about um, our dogs, the dogs I inherited from my, uh, my son, right, right? But even the dogs, the dogs, all creation is waiting for God to reconcile things. Even these dogs know that something is wrong. The earthquakes, right? Hurricane, all of that is creation groaning. Really, something's wrong. This was never ever creation was never. So hurricanes, all natural disasters is really creation working against God. Creation, creation working against man. Creation was meant to work for man. It's opposing man, right? It's opposing man, all creation. I remember growing up in the 70s, there's been a lot of famine relief, but in the 70s when I used to look on TV and see like famine in uh, India and and. Africa, and I used to even say to my my parents, you know, because I didn't understand why the why the, um, those kids look like that. Because I used to see kids that looked like me. I totally grew up in a white village, but I saw uh, uh, these kids that looked like me. Why do they look like that? Why are they so, so skinny? And why do they have a protruding uh, stomach like that? Uh, really, I didn't understand. Really, I didn't understand. And they would say, oh, famine. Oh, wow, uh, uh, famine. Yeah, sometimes there's a harvest, sometimes there isn't. Don't forget, what is famine? Famine is really the land working against man, right? The land is supposed to be productive. Now, it's not. This is all what Paul is talking about. He's not talking about, because all, all creation was subjected by God, everything he created to the curse. This is why trying to work to save this world, it's not going to happen, really. You could build a palace, right, somewhere, and boom, a hurricane come, and nothing is stable in this world. It's not meant to be, because when God proclaimed the curse, he proclaimed, yeah, the seed of a woman, is going to crush the serpent's head. And essentially, God, now there's going to be a new Jerusalem. There's going to be a new creation, a whole new creation. This ship is sinking. Don't try to save it, folks. For we know that the old creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. 
And not only this, but we ourselves are in the first fruits of the spirit. Even we ourselves within ourselves wait eagerly for our adoption, our sons, the redemption of our body. So understand one thing, right? So when Christ said it is, it is finished, right? It is uh, uh, finished, but at the same time, meaning that um, Christ's mission has finished, but the full adoption is still to take place. So in theology, there's a concept, I think I've spoken about it before, it's called the already, but not yet, right? And the already means that Christ has done his thing. Okay, I've used the, the uh, metaphors of, of takeovers. So when you hear, right, so we all know Amazon bore out Whole Foods. So, okay, Amazon's buying Whole Foods. You hear about that today. It doesn't happen tomorrow, right? It takes a while for it to go through. And that's the already, but not yet. So this has happened. It's like adoption. Okay, I'm adopting that kid. And I've counseled families in adoption. And when there's an adoption, okay, we got the kid. Adoptions take a long time to, to actually go through, right? And so we are still waiting for the adoption. But the kid in the adoption, he sees his family who's going to adopt him. Right, it gets used to them, right? Well, the spirit that God has given to us is like a down payment, very small down payment, a token of what's to come, right? Very, very, very small down payment of what's to come when our full adoption takes place. And don't forget our full adoption by God would and could never, ever, ever take place in this sinful world. Never, ever, ever take place in this sinful world. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. And that brings me, and I'm going to close on that section. We're going to start with verse 26, but we're going to talk about this. What is, what is to be our fuel here? It's hope, right? It's, it's hope that should drive us. And see, here's the problem with the world. The world is meant to be hopeless. It's not going anywhere. And so people, if you're living in the world, you are kind of really living um, a eat, drink, and be merry, then we die kind of life. Really, you might be, I don't know, bungee jumping, doing extreme sports. But that's kind of really what you are doing. You are really trying to get the most out of this world before you die. And so there really is no hope. 
And so people, really, if you think about it, they try to make the best of this world. Well, you know what? I'm going to retire young and, and, and I'm going to do, be doing extreme sport. I'm going to be skiing. I'm going to be golfing or whatever. In other words, what are they trying to do? They are really trying to create artificial hope, right? That's artificial hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be very, very wealthy. Oh, I'm going to be uh, 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 this. Yeah, I, I'm going to be, uh, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be in great shape. I'm going to be. But all of that is futile in the end because you cannot be this chain of events that is coming, this end coming. The only hope that we can have is in this full redemption that God is going to bring about. That's what should give us hope. And the reason why we, uh, uh, why seeking the things above are not things here, because an, uh, an eternal mindset enables you to come out from that be being between a rock and a hard place. An eternal mindset prevents you now from being jammed up, really, from, from, from that whole idea of being jammed up. There are people who have been very athletic in life, at a, uh, a great, great life, as soon as they're not and they start to get old, they sink into a hopeless life. And I'm not going to say each time clinical depression, but I am going to say a form of depression. When you see, we hear about supermodels, 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 well, they are eventually going to sink into a depression because they're trying to hold on yeah, to something. It's almost like trying to catch the wind and keep it in your hand. It's futile. It's, it's a very, very futile endeavor. You see, the, the guys who go to the gym ripped and, and jacked and all of that, when they start to get older, their hope starts to, to go. In other words, this world is really not designed to hold on to. God is going to make sure people who are trying to hold on to this world are unhappy, are frustrated. That is part of the curse. Why is that? So that people know that they cannot make their home here and they have to seek for something else. Solomon said, it's all vanity. Everything is vanity without God. And he had all the money in the world so that people will seek God. So God has put eternity in everybody's heart. God has cursed this world, no doubt about it but 
in the curse, you still got eternity in your heart. You know that something is wrong way before I knew God. I, I had worldly success, but I knew something was wrong. Something's wrong. Something's missing. And even aside from uh, um, my childhood and everything, I went to, still, so I, I just knew something's wrong. So uh, how, do you, how do you deal with this? Do you know, I, I, there was a time when I wasn't saved and, and now I know it was God, right? I didn't know what it was before. And I, I almost had this uh, um, feeling of not wanting to drink, not wanting the desires of the world. And I told someone, I said, oh, you know what? You see, this is, this is erroneous thinking. Oh, you know what? Maybe you need to drink more. Maybe you need to, I'm telling you honestly. See, this is erroneous. And I knew then it was God that was trying to reach me. The point that I am trying to say, folk, is that you are going to be anxious. You are going to be upset. You are going to be depressed if you don't firmly get it into your mind that you are just passing through. Really, if you try to live in a place uh, you're trying to make something permanent that was only meant to be temporary. Yeah, you're going to have a rough time. You are going to have a rough time. Really. Paul, one thing, if you look at Paul's letters, he spoke frequently about being with the Lord. Really frequently. Tell me where Paul was thinking. He didn't talk about being here forever. Right? Paul knew that he was just passing through. And that's the attitude that we've got, that, that we are just passing through. And when you have that attitude, you are just passing through. Whatever you go through while you are passing through will not bother you. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Right, <laughs> no, <laughs> not, in, not intentionally, but it's true. Whatever you go through while you are passing through will not bother you. Really, when you have that attitude, if you have the attitude of almost trying to make this place your permanent dwelling, you're going to be anxious. You are going to be depressed because you're trying to make something permanent that was meant to be temporary. But if you have the mindset of, I'm gonna continue seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, because that is my destination. Anyway, you watch how you deal with this world. You will cope with it better. And I'm gonna say, now, really, this meeting, if I were to say what was the general testimony of people being in this meeting for any length of time, it should be better coping skills.
it, it should be less depression, less anxiety, more hopeful, more peace, more joy. And just as Sandy was talking about to, uh, today, and yeah, I have seen it with Sandy. And I remember that at 5.01, when I was getting a call from Sandy, I, I even remember when I was in Chicago last year, and I, I remember it was 5.01, and I was uh, even saying, and I think maybe I, I looked at the what what's wrong? Wait, yeah, don't need an hour. Be, be. I, there was something I was going to, and I wasn't understanding it. And I'd already had about three calls. Oh, let, let me get in. Something must have happened. Oh, where, where are you? Where are you? And so Sandy, seeing as Sandy has come to a so what place. So what? And I even remember the urgency that used to be in her voice. It was almost like something had happened. So to actually hear her talk about the boys and accident and um, uh, um, our son, Mike, who um, has um, the uh, um, issues with uh, addiction, all of that, and all of that going on together today, it's wonderful, wonderful to see how she's handling it. And that's what should happen is that we cope with things much better. We, 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 we don't cope with situation by using other things of this world to try to overcome the world. No, we use Christ and the power of God out of this world to enable us to overcome this world. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, right? And, and so that change mindset means now that, no, I don't have to go to this. I don't have to go to that. I don't have to use these erroneous, these uh, uh, um, um, errors uh, uh, as coping mechanisms to help me get to a better place. No, I use the truth to help me get to a better place.